What's up, everybody? Welcome into Pace the Nation. Broadcasting back here at Studio 1A in downtown Arlington, Virginia. We are back here in the heart of the universe, the heart of all things, on a beautiful November afternoon. Of course, that is Clarendon. I'm your host, Chris Farley, back again for episode 215 of Pace the Nation. And alongside me, we've got a couple of co-hosts, and I'm sitting in the driver's seat. I am sitting in William E. Dox's chair right now, so he's not here. But to my right, out of place, it's our friend and co-host, Joanna E. Russo. Joanna, what's up? I just got to live my dream as a long haul trucker. Oh man! For the past seven and a half hours. Oh man! Before you say anything more, let's talk about that. Uh, but let's bring in our other co-host sitting across from me. It's Julie Cully. Julie, what's up? I am so excited. I'm sitting across from. I, I'm actually sitting across from Chris. Yeah. But, but I'm, I'm. I'm excited about being across from you. But I'm more excited about actually being in in the room with Joanna yeah. e. Russo. Joanna e. Russo, and your name is actually Julie E. Cully. It, it is for real. Yeah, it's it not is. even made up. <laughs> and, well, who knows what Docs is made up or not? But Joanna, her middle name is E as well. But Docs, who knows? But uh, like I said, William E. Docs is who knows where he is, but he's not here this week. So uh, any sound issues or editing issues, I want to apologize in advance because you never know. It's always a little dicey when I'm editing the show. But thrilled to have you guys here. Big show to get to. Uh, we'll talk about your, your Odyssey trip here, Joanna. I want to talk about that. Uh, we, we'll touch on the beautiful weather that it is outside. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't open the show with that. Uh, we want to talk about your, your I guess your, your your Odyssey here is your transportation update, or is there another transportation update? Oh, there's update? two transportation oh, wow. updates. Fantastic. All right, so we got two transportation updates, and for old school listeners, uh, you just put a smile on their face. They're really excited about that. Hey, the new new listeners, too. I'm sure will be psyched to hear about your transportation update. Uh, Julie's just fresh back from uh, NCAA Regionals, uh, so we'll talk to her about that. Regionals were yesterday uh, for cross country in the NCAA Division One, And uh, there was her race that she she led the Georgetown Hoyas uh, in, in, a, in a race, or two races, men's and women's. And then there was also a few races across the country that we want to touch on. Some weird, wacky stuff to get into there. Uh, and then we're going to touch on uh, a big topic in our running world is this Mary Kane article that came out uh, a couple weeks ago or last week. Uh, Lindsey Krauss, former guest on Pace the Nation, wrote another article in the New York Times uh, that made headlines. This one was Mary Kane, and the article was titled, I was the fastest girl in America until I joined Nike. Uh, and it was kind of an opinion piece that was not kind of, it was an opinion piece uh, by Mary Kane and Lindsey Krauss. So a lot to jump into on that. And, and I'm going to, after we kind of do our intro here, I'm going to take a break and then I'm going to kind of interview you two. I think that's how we'll do it today. So you guys will switch from being co-hosting the show to being interviewed um, uh, by me and, and each other about this, about this important topic. Uh, and I think we're going to talk about, um, and we'll get into it, but we're, we'll talk about not necessarily what happened, but kind of the fallout and the afterwards and where do we go from here. So I'm excited to, to go through that. Uh, but before we do that, uh, let's get the first transportation update. So you were coming from Syracuse, 
in some sort of large vehicle. Um, yeah, so I guess to say I tried out being a long haul trucker is not <laughs> accurate because it's just a big sprinter van. Okay. Um, it belongs to the NB marketing team and it's a shoe lab. It drives around the country um, going to different events. So I just had it up in Syracuse for one of my high school events and then I was driving it. I drove it down to DC this morning to hand off to the next person. But from somebody who came from an Aveo, which is like a Fiat sized car, mm-hmm. to We're a familiar. to the sprinter van. <laughs> yeah. We're familiar. Yeah, we're familiar with Fiat's. Uh, and I also drive eighteen passenger vans with yeah, my student so you've athletes. Got, so I know I know how to jump. It's, yeah. it's from terrifying. One yeah. It is actually very terrifying. Um so what is the main road you take from Syracuse? Um, so mainly I take 81, 81. Yeah. Okay. And then I get on 83, but I couldn't get on the parkway. I knew that. Mm-hmm. So I got okay. on 495. Gotcha. But the, the other hurdle is that the mirrors don't adjust. Mm-hmm. So the mirrors are where they're at and then I have to adjust to the mirrors. All right. So Weird. You, 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 did, this you, doesn't sound safe. <laughs> and, but you, you, you made it unscathed, right? No? I made it unscathed. Okay, yep. good. All right. Except so. I was going to park it in Doc's or his driveway and it didn't fit in the driveway. <laughs> Um, so, uh, you, you, you make it down 81 and I'm sure there's, there's, uh, you know, 18 wheelers that are just flying b- by you all along the way down 81. Oh yeah. They were, they were definitely going like 80 miles an hour, but yeah. I went exactly the speed limit and not one mile over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, 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 uh, yeah, I don't like those, those big cars either. I think you, you don't have to have the CDL license to, to drive. I think it's a CDL license. All the truck drivers out there are like, uh, uh, you know, face palming right now, but you don't have to have that license, but you almost do to drive something like that. So, uh, props, props to you for making it down here. Uh, what are you doing with the, with the truck now that you got, it um, here? well, I'm handing it off to another okay. uh, account manager. They're going to continue on to North Carolina and then got I'm it. free of the van. I'm flying nice. home. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so that's basically the reason why you're in town. That's the reason I'm in town. Yeah. And the podcast and course. the podcast. Yeah. Well, speaking of New Balance, I had I, I mentioned, um, since you're here, I wanted to, to bring this up real quick. Um, I mentioned last week on the show, I went with New Balance to the New York City Marathon. I'm wearing my New York City Marathon shirt. I've got these New York City Marathon shoes. Your folks at New Balance really treated me well. So thank you, Joanna. Thank you. I, to- I told them to make sure <laughs> to that make they make sure did. to roll yeah. out the red carpet. That was carpet. all me, yeah. Um, I know they, they didn't stay in the lot. But uh, where we stayed, the Sheridan is is incredible. So you didn't happen to make it this year, though. I was disappointed. Yeah, I um, I actually hurt myself, so I couldn't um, I couldn't move. that weekend I wanted to come, but I I couldn't. Okay, well, next year uh, it's it's an awesome trip, and so thanks to the the folks from New Balance. Um, I wanted to officially thank you. Now I've got a New Balance employee here. Uh, to to, to I accept right. on behalf yeah. of New Balance. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Well, we've got a um, uh, an important discussion that I want to get to. Uh, Lindsey Krauss, uh, she put out an article uh, last week. The article, again, is entitled, I was the fastest girl in America until I joined Nike. It's about Mary Kane. Mary Kane also uh, was a contributor to this article in the New York Times. I'm going to take a break, and we'll come back, and we'll we'll talk about it. So... The opinion article from Lindsey Krauss and Mary Kane, I was the fastest girl in America until I joined Nike. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the fallout and where do we go from here next on Pace the Nation. All right, welcome back to the program. 
And now I'm joined by my co-host, co-host plural, Joanny Russo and Julie E. Cully. We're going to talk about this article that came out last week. And I want to start with both of you guys um, with the question of uh, where where were you? What was your mindset when you first uh, heard about the article or read the article? I hate to admit that I got my news from Let's Run. <laughs> I <laughs> okay. do. So um, nothing wrong with that. When I when I'm in the home office, I usually start my day by um, I listen to the daily, and then I go to Let's Run and see if there's anything interesting on the homepage. Mm-hmm. And of course, like right on the homepage is this um, uh, hot on the the message boards, right. Mary Kane. So that's when I first encountered the article, and then the accompanying video as well. Now it's big news in the running scene. Did you stop everything you were doing and then watch the article or watch the video on New York Times article? Yeah, it's yep, like of course. three minutes long. Right. Okay, uh, Julie, I saw it when we were at practice mm-hmm. uh, that morning. I can't remember what day of the week it was. Maybe it was a Monday. Okay, um, it's either a Monday or a Thursday, but either way, um, I saw the video and I saw the article and I immediately started to see some of the social media response to it. So I I sent it to my. Um, one of my colleagues, uh, and it kind of started a conversation in the office a little bit later, but I was kind of bouncing from thing to thing. So I actually listened to the video while I was driving. I did not watch it while I was driving, <laughs> but I pulled it up before I left the parking garage and played it so that I could hear it um, before I actually watched the, the words were the most powerful part right. of the video. So I didn't really like go back and watch um the the actual video content of it, but I've I've listened to the words from the video multiple times now. Yeah, very powerful. And we'll kind of sum up. And Joanna, you can help me with this. Again, the article you can find it everywhere um, in the New York Times. I was the fastest girl in America until I joined Nike. Uh, before we kind of get to the fallout and what we want to discuss, you know, talk to me about the article for those listeners who might not have seen it or haven't heard about it. Um, yeah, so for people who haven't read the article or seen the video, again, the video is like three minutes long. Um, I feel like it's everywhere now because it's been reposted on a bunch of pages. Um, but basically, Mary Kane was this phenomenal high school runner. She's from New York. She broke so many records when she was still in high school. I mean, we're talking records that had stood since like the 1980s. Um, she broke Susie Favor Hamilton records. I mean, she she was a phenomenal athlete and she was recruited right out of high school to run with Alberto's group, um, the Nike Oregon Project, out in Portland. So she moved to Portland um, for when the NCAA collegiate system and trained with them. And she really struggled under that system. Um, She was far from home. She was very young. Um, She describes a lot of focus on her on her weight and kind of limiting um, what she could eat. And and it was just she felt like it was um, a, a very like uh, verbally abusive atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a result, she became um, very depressed to the point of suicidal. And when she expressed this, it was met with um, like a dissonance or like, we, that's like, we're not that interested. Mm-hmm. Um, so eventually she ended up leaving and moving back home. And then this came out this year in 2019. So I believe she left the group in 2015 or 16. It must have been a little later than that, because I think it's only been a two two years. Two thousand seventeen. I think it yeah. might be seventeen, right? Okay. Yeah. We need the fact yeah. checkers on that. Yeah, yeah. That's. A, I, I think it is seventeen, and she did leave the group, and she was still loosely affiliated. 
She was still sponsored by Nike. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think she had because um, I don't I don't know when she actually officially left the group because she moved back east. But I do believe that mm-hmm. either Alberto or one of Alberto's coaches was advising her. Mm-hmm. Um, she was suffering through uh, numerous uh, stress fractures um, once once she kind of returned back here. Yeah. I think she said like five broken bones. All right. So let me interject real quick here too. It was 2016, October, 2016 is when she officially notified uh, Nike and the Oregon project that she was leaving. So just for the sake of being accurate um, and factual. uh, So it was October, 2016, kind of in between what we just both said. All right. So continue, uh, Joanna. Um, So, so that article came out uh, and Almost immediately, like Julia was saying, I mean, everybody was talking about it. You heard about it from a lot of different sources. I think people were sharing it um, um, everywhere in the track and field world. And then following that, there was also people who formerly ran with the Nike Oregon Project who expressed um, similar focuses on weight and limited eating and um, body shaming and that kind of stuff. And then in the track and field world, a lot of women and some men are coming out as well and just kind of talking about this issue of health um in in the sport i mean i don't know julie what do you what are you finding yeah Yeah, i mean i think that it's a cultural um piece and i think um you know similar to the me too movement is there's a lot of emotion that's coming to the surface so you're starting to see a lot of women and men in positions of power within our community that are speaking out because it's bringing a lot of um, past experiences, mm-hmm. uh, things that they've um, experienced themselves as as mostly women, but um, there's a lot of men who are even standing out and saying that they've had issues with coaches or that they've had issues themselves or they're speaking out on behalf of, of things that they've seen. So some of Mary Kane's um, colleagues at uh, the Nike Oregon Project, some of the men are coming out and saying, we did see this and we did, you know, we didn't report it and, and apologizing for it. So there's a lot that's coming to the surface for people. Um, and I think that's where the conversation has gotten like really robust in the last week or so. All right. Let's talk about, I want to, I think we, we, we kind of did our pre-show meeting and we said, let's, let's focus on a few, few subjects here as we kind of have the facts laid out. Um, women's health and running is, is come to the forefront of, of the discussion with, you know, her saying, um, Kane, her being Mary Kane saying that, you know, she was told she had to be a certain weight. Uh, she didn't get her period for a number of years. Um, is, is this a big problem? within <laughs> within the the world of of you guys are two w- women's no Chris, athletes. it's not a problem yeah, at mean, all no, let's just continue I mean, it's, business it's, as it's, usual it's a dumb question i mean it's I, I think it's a kind of a rhetorical question if that's the right term for it but it is obviously a problem but let's let's kind of uh turn the discussion to that so i think personally as being a female who unlike julie never competed at the professional level but played sports my whole life um i i don't think that i know any girls i played sports with that had a healthy relationship with food growing Mm -hmm. up like i think everybody had a weird relationship and how that weird relationship manifested itself wasn't always in a full-blown eating disorder or anything like that but there was always just something off about the relationship that you had with food and and what weight you were trying to be and and what performance you were trying to get out of your body and I think a lot of that just has to do with 
a lack of information and awareness. Um, so you were going off of, of a not real facts about how you should be eating and how you should be performing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would I would say on top of that, um, you know, as a young person who's extremely um, influential, that there's two ways of of kind of being pushed in that direction. There's either a coach that's pushing an individual in that direction, or there's just a misunderstanding in the relationship, right? And mm-hmm. so you see you know, young women and young men who aspire to be great at their sport. And then what do we do when we see, when we want to be great at our sport, we look at people who are great at our sport. Mm-hmm. And so the, then we're making some sort of assumption of my, I need to look a certain way to be able to do that. And that's where you start to see people escalating um, the changes in their body. Um, so, so it's either a, a coach that's encouraging it, which obviously is a negative and abusive uh, behavior, or you see um, young women trying to make decisions for themselves to look a certain way. Um, and then being encouraged because especially in the sport of track and field, um, you know, sometimes in the beginning, the leaner you get, the faster you get mm-hmm. until you start to run into these long-term issues um, with low weight, with loss of the menstrual cycle, all those types of things that can happen um, with, with drops in weight. So that's the real fine line here because uh, there is a correlation and, and I'm, I'm talking to Julie, the coach here now. Sometimes a correlation between your weight and your performance, at least initially. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a touchy subject, mm-hmm. right? And I'm not someone who's I I coach young women and mm-hmm. I coach young men, um, and I'm but I'm not a nutritionist, and I don't I stay in my lane and I don't try to advise them in that way. And if they need help or need assistance, I send them, you know, to to a nutritionist or somebody who's a professional that can guide them in that way. Um, you know, I think when you look at endurance sports, there's a relationship like there are a lot of other factors that lead to peak performance. Um, the real issue is when people start to focus on weight as being the sole Mm -hmm. factor that gets them to peak performance. That's where you start to see major, major issues and people being steered down the wrong path. Do you think that it happens as prevalently with men as with women or are we just hearing about it? from women more? Um, I think it happens much more prevalently with women, um, but it's it would be um, not smart for us to dismiss it as being a, an issue that happens in both genders. Um, I don't know the specific facts of it, but I, I'm certain it. that there's much more women, um, but we've seen it and we see it um, fairly, I would say it's not an uncommon thing that you see in, in men's sports as well. And, and there's, I mean, again, I'm way out of my lane here, but I'm sure <laughs> there's more long-term effects on women who potentially are having kids versus men. But I, again, way out of my lane, but I, I've seen it just in my own experiences running in college 20 some years ago. Yeah. Dudes were... Um, not eating enough and limiting what they eat too. So um, one of the things that Kane talked about was that there wasn't, you know, any, I, I don't know whether this was in Lindsay's article or there's been so many articles afterwards. There, there weren't, you know, women uh, coaches and women's examples for her. And then uh, the Nike Oregon project, um, I want to sort of kind of shift the discussion to, to that because you're one of the few directors uh, or coaches, directors in, in the NCAA of a, a Division One school. Um, and, 
you know, that is, that's a, that's a thing. Like it's a thing that there aren't a lot of examples out there for our young women. Yeah. I think, I mean, at least from what I took from, um, Mary's video and Mary's article and, and what Mary's really preaching about, there were two, two major things. One was end the abuse. Um, and that was the, the underlying thing, right. That she was Mm -hmm. talking about her experience and, um, the emotional that led to physical abuse in, in her situation. Um, so she's calling for an end to that and she's shedding light on that, which is fantastic. And then um, at the end of the video, she says, we need more women. We need more women coaching. We need more women involved in the sport. Um, The more women that we have, the less often this is going to happen. So that was a really powerful statement. Um, She was in a group that had other women athletes, um, but didn't have women in coaching positions or advising positions. Um, And so that's where she felt maybe if there had been someone that was there that she could relate to. Um, or that there was somebody that was kind of looking out or saying, you know, you can't talk to your athletes that way, that this situation wouldn't have escalated the way it had. Um, so it's a fantastic, you know, it's a fantastic argument. Um, it's, it's not even an argument. It's, a, it's something that needs to happen. Um, and I think the, the point of having more women in the sport is incredible. Um, we need more women in the sport. And uh, the sport itself is extremely challenging um, from from the NCAA level to be a female, um, particularly um, inside the good old boys network, which is what a lot of people are talking about in terms of the relationship um, with the number of women who are in the NCAA. Um, I think it was Erin Strout's article that came out in Women's Running where she brought light to the fact that... um, in the NCAA, the uh, track and field coaches received an F for number of uh, women um, who are actually physically coaching versus the number of men who are. Um, and that's a major problem. Wait, so does that include, is that just he- women head coaches or is that women? Women head coaches. Women head coaches, okay. Yeah. So that's something that needs to change. Um, and I could go all day long on how and why I think that should change. Yeah. Um, but I do think, um, and Chris, y- you know more than anybody else, um, what a challenge it's been for us and our family to um, be building a family alongside of building a program um, in a Division One uh, head coaching position. And um, I think that there needs to be more done to promote women in the sport. Um, we have an incredibly unique sport compared to others in that we are in season um, in the fall and we're in season in the winter and we're in season in the spring and then we're recruiting in the summer. And if we have great athletes, we may have them competing late into the summer and then we start all over again. So that's an interesting point that maybe a lot of people don't understand that, you know, let's say mainstream sports people know like basketball's in full swing now. The NCAA season has just started. Georgetown's a couple of games in. Uh, You know, they didn't, have a fall season i'm sure they were practicing but not competing and then they'll go all the way to february march and then they're done whereas you're competing in late august early september all the way through you know indoor track is you know now almost now or december january february march and then all the way to the spring so you know these the 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 demands on your time um is tough and so I think that is a real thing for women who are trying to have families, have kids, feel like they should be home with their kids. And, and those aren't 
necessarily uh, feelings or demands that are on on guys. Yeah, and there are um, you know women who are doing it, and we see each other, and we, you know those of us who are friends with each other like try to keep tabs on each other um, because it's hard. You know, I had a coach the other day text me that she was pumping on the bus. Mm-hmm. You know, and she's you know, and that's the that's what we have to do, um, and so it's just. In, in my opinion, the NCAA needs to not just post a bunch of facts and figures. They need to start thinking about how we get more women in the sport and retain them in the sport because we can put women in head coaching positions, but how do we support them so that they stay? Mm-hmm. How do we support them that if they have a partner and their partner, you know, and them want to have a family that they're able to do so and not walk away? And I think we have a lot of women who have aspirations of getting into it. And then when they like realize how hard it is, it's, it's, it's not that easy to walk away. And it is easy to walk away at the same time. So a lot of us are in it because we've had those negative experiences. Like the Mary Kane situation evokes a ton of emotion for me, um, as it has with so many women who have been in very difficult situations, have had said things said to them. Um, by coaches of a number of sports because most of us have been brought up in a lot of sports but that's what has driven those of us who are are coaching now into the sport Mm -hmm. and um, that I think is a fantastic message because what Mary's also saying is there's no women in pro coaching and the women who are in the coaching realm in the NCAA are going to be the ones who get handpicked hopefully for pro jobs and if we're not retaining them in the NCAA so that they're proven and that they are trusted by, you know, major sports companies to, to really coach the next generation to medals, to world championships, to Olympics, um, we're doing a disservice from the ground right. up. So the only women's pro coach right now is Shalane Flanagan. Is that- well, Julie Benson. Um, Julie's not coaching, I don't believe oh, anymore, no. um, but pro athletes, yeah. but she has in the past. Yeah. She was, she was awesome. She actually coached both men and women. Um, Shayla Houlihan just entered into a position, um, with the Flagstaff group with Under Armour. Um, that's recent in just the last couple of months, she left collegiate coaching and got an opportunity to do this. Um, Devin Martin is with Central Park Track Club. So she works with some women in New York, um, and then Shalane stepping into this role is is amazing. And I, I'm not quite clear yet if Shalane's going to be directly coaching or if she's advising, but either way, her role with that group is immense. Um, and she's someone who's gotten a ton of criticism um, for, for, you know, standing up and saying the things that she has and people are wanting her to stand up to Nike. And I'm just an advocate of change happening within and I think in Shalane's situation, she is um, she is a powerful woman. She is a woman and a voice of our sport. And she is someone who's going to enact change within Nike. All right. I want to talk a little bit more about the pro stuff because I think that's really interesting. Um, but Joanna, you're, you're sort of navigating, maybe somewhat related, not related, but you navigate a in the professional world of a place where it's just a bunch of a bunch of men. So you guys have very similar well, <laughs> similar um, experiences. professional experiences. Yeah. Um, I think that there there are more visible men in the running industry, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of women, especially at New Balance, yeah. who are doing a lot of heavy lifting that we don't always see. Yep. Um, I can't speak for the other brands because I don't work for them and I don't know what the inside is like. Um, but 
I will say that I think New Balance is um, creating more spaces for women. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and I think that with things like Mary Kane um, and with more women coming into the work ranks, everybody is a little bit more cognizant of that good old boys club and kind of trying to get a little bit away from that because nobody wants to be you know, the person that's not changing with the times. Yeah. So I do think that there, there is change happening. Um, and it, maybe it's not always like super visible and big, but I, I do from my side, not as an athlete, but as somebody who works in the industry, I do see positive things happening. Good. That's, that's, that's good. Cause I, I know that, um, 10 years ago, it was different and I, I can see a change and I just hope that we see more of a change and, uh, the NCAA world or the professional coaching world. Um, and it's tough. Both, not <laughs> or. But both. both. I'm sorry, both or both. Both was the right term, right? But uh, it is tough for these young athletes to, to, to navigate. Wait, uh, wait, wait. Before we, yeah, before we move yep, on, I just want to say yeah. um, one of my favorite things that I talk about all the time and everyone's like sick, sick to death of hearing it is the catch-up theory. Are you okay. guys familiar no, at all with catch-up theory? I love the catch-up theory, though. <laughs> Already. <laughs> so, Don't even know what it is. <laughs> so, you know, some people keep ketchup in the refrigerator because they think of it as like a condiment. So it goes with like mustard and mayo. And That's like, the right move. Yep. Okay. Well, yep. so some people keep ketchup in the cabinet the wrong move with okay. dressings because they just think of it differently okay um and it doesn't mean that they're wrong it's oh, just okay. a different oh, way of thinking about things <laughs> no, um, i was kidding i, I agree yeah, so okay. i i think okay. that the ketchup theory just speaks to how like you can think that the way that you do things in the way that you consider something is the only way mm-hmm. and you you would have never considered like before i heard that i never knew that people kept ketchup in the cup the cupboard because it's like it goes in the refrigerator right. but then you're introduced to a new theory and a new way of thinking and I think it really opens up your world um, and when you step outside of just catch up and you get to to business or to athletes I think you're getting all these different perspectives that just make everything better than if you're like only it. stuck in like your lane and like your refrigerator okay you, like you're it. stuck in your refrigerator <laughs> I, am, I am but I think and that, actually oh, we're all out of ketchup uh, so we, we might need to go it's pick very some relevant, up actually <laughs> I uh I like I like the ketchup theory and I will think about that in the future um and so when we think about like more I think sometimes it's hard in in the beginning to think about, you know, what does that space for women look like? Because we're so used to what what this what the coaching role has looked like and how it's been done um, and just thinking you know what if it what if it's not done this way or what if it it's evolved um, this is the ketchup theory in practice is that there's different ways to think about things and different places to put your ketchup like it okay um, I so, agree and yeah. I, I want to make one more point okay, here okay. Um, and I think this is relevant um, I've heard and I know that we're in a space right now where we're really pushing for women to to be in these roles and to make a difference and have a voice at the table and and lead the table right and that thing that is fantastic but I've also seen a lot of putting down men coaches recently mm-hmm. and um, I have to say that really does bother me because I think progress is when men and women work side by side and I don't want men good men who are doing good work in coaching and are great advocates for their athletes and care about their health individually to somehow be categorized in some way that they are being brought down by the mission of progressing women further. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a little bit of fear right now because it's been a lot about moving more women, more women, more women into the coaching space. And I am 100% behind that and beyond. But I don't want it to be at the 
uh, cost Mm -hmm. of great men Mm -hmm. who are also coaching. I want us to be doing much more alongside each other. I want to see pro teams that have a male and female that are influencing the men and women. Like, I don't think that it should just be women coaching women. I think women should be coaching men. I think that if you have a, a men's team that you have a women, uh, a female that's also um, helping advise them too. I thought Shayla Houlihan's um, comment about um, how having a female coach men at the collegiate level opened a door for them to come talk to her. And so it's not just females that have experienced a lot of this abuse. Men do all the time, all the time. And um, I think we need to be focusing on an end to the abuse across the board not just of women, I think um, we need to also advocate for our men to receive the same respect. I totally agree. All right. So uh, I wanted to to uh, talk more about the pro world versus maybe maybe the collegiate world. You know, it's just a dip. Running is different. You know, it's not like baseball where you, you get a Juan Soto uh Washington Nationals player. Oh, Nationals okay. won the World Series, by the way. Didn't Just nod. Nod, Joanna. Yeah. So anyways, he he was plucked out of uh, the Dominican at 16. And, you know, he uh, was was given all the support and backing that he needed to make his way. And now he's a 21-year-old superstar. Um, you know, is, is going pro for these kids Mary Kane's age when she did, 16, 17 years old, is that the right move? Or is the collegiate system... A better space for them even if it's not perfect is the collegiate system better i guess i will speak (laughs) on this um i'm i'm biased here i i do believe that um the ncaa system needs some cleaning up but i do think it's a great place for um, young men and women to develop um, I don't think we have a professional space, and I think a lot of, of athletes who are trying to unionize and trying to um, really have a voice in, in professional sports are trying to figure out a way to do that. But I think at this point, the most systemized way of developing young athletes is through the NCAA. We have athletes who travel from all over the world who come to the U.S. to be a part of the NCAA to develop mm-hmm. and then go to their home countries and represent um, on the international level. And so I think there's a lot that we need to do to fix inside the NCAA. Um, But my fear is that um, young men and women are getting into groups that may not have the resources. There are very few pro groups in the U.S. that have the resources to have nutritionists on staff, to have mental health experts, to have individuals who are encouraging them with their education at a young age, um, who are helping them manage their financials, all the types of things that you would find inside a pro basketball, a pro baseball, a pro football organization, we don't have those things. There's like one or two groups maybe in the country that have that. Now, in Mary Kane's case, she went to one of those groups, and so she was failed by that system. Um, But I really think that we need to do a better job of fixing our sport, not not all NCAA sports because I'm going to stay in my lane. I don't know about (laughs) them. But I know our sport in the NCAA needs to be cleaned up. Okay, I agree with that. And uh, she is the expert in the room. Yeah. You want to add to that, I think. Uh, And I do think, like, we see a lot of change within, uh, especially D1, but... I'm not sure why why the NCAA doesn't mandate nutritionists within um, 
collegiate programs, why they're not necessarily mandating mental health experts inside of collegiate athletics. I think there need to be more mandates so that the universities are forced to bring these individuals to support the student athletes and support the coaches at the same time. There's a lot that coaches endure as well. Um, So I just think there's more we need to do within the, the NCAA system. But I think that I personally believe that that's kind of the way to go. And if you look at who some of our best athletes are, especially in the middle distance and distance, because again, staying in my lane, Mm -hmm. um, who are competing internationally for um, both the U.S. and beyond, um, they are coming out of the NCAA system. They're products of it. They learned how to compete. They learned how to develop. They learned how to race. Um, And then they were sought after to, to continue that beyond. Do you think Mary Kane's story would be different had she gone to college? I don't know. I guess it depends on where she went to college. Yeah. Um, But I'm hopeful it would have been different. Yeah. But, you know, she was a young girl. And like she said in her article, she was recruited by the best coach in the world at the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what young woman, what family wouldn't have been so flattered by that and excited and interested to see you know, what she could become. And he promised her the world. He told her she was the best young female he had ever seen. Um, and he brought her out there to develop her. So, you know, I, I don't think any one of us would have made any different decision. Um, but I think in her case and why she's standing up is so that it doesn't happen to somebody else. Well, it ended up being sort of a sad ending, but it's not over for her. I mean, she's still a young woman who could maybe get back. And I think she wants to get back into running and, and hopefully we'll see more from her uh, in the future. But it was kind of a sad uh, well, it was it was an eye opening and, and somewhat disturbing, uh, you know, story and article. Uh, but what what are the positive? What are the what are the actions that we can you know we can take from it that uh, can move us forward from 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 her example? Um, well, I think that there, even when you have a nev- negative experience, there's always positives to come out of it, and I think that if we didn't have Mary Kane sharing her experience, you might've had a lot of other athletes in a Mary Kane type position. Mm -hmm. So I think that this video and this article open up a conversation about things like women's coaching, um, about making the decision between pro and and college, but also about the type of environment that you're going into and who you're going to be surrounded with. I think it just brings up a lot of questions about things that people should be thinking about when they're making these like big decisions about their lives. Yeah. Julie. Uh, for me, I mean, piggybacking off of, off of Mary's call to action is, um, more female coaches, but, um, I think there's more than that. I think that, um, we need more women involved with the sport. Um, I think we see across the board, like we see so many women that are involved in sport in the elementary school, the high school, and then the collegiate Mm -hmm. level. And so many of them walk from sport when they're done. Um, they don't necessarily support it um, professionally. Um, and there was a lot of chatter, right, after the women world the world won the World Cup this summer about, hey, people need to go support them, mm-hmm. not just every four years. They need to go to the games. They need to appreciate them the same way that um, they do when they're on the world stage. And I think if you take that, it trickles back down to what we're talking about. We need more women advocating inside the sport. So whether that's in the NCAA, whether it's what – Joanna's doing um, in the actual industry. Mm-hmm. We need more women involved. Um, and so, you know, I think that this whole situation has evoked so much emotion out of so many people who are reflecting on their own experiences. 
And that's why you see so many people taking to social media about it. But let's do more than talk. Let's mm-hmm. do something about it. Like, let's be the one who, ones who go back and make sure it doesn't happen again. And that could mean getting involved in your um, in your university that you represented, um, being an advocate for more resources for mm-hmm. our young people. Um, if you're an advocate within the NCAA, if we work on professionalizing um, the sport on on a grander level, I mean, you talk about Alicia Montano and her experience um, and some of the women who kind of stood up and said, we need maternity leave. We need to be able to be professional athletes and be supported in having a family. Um, it takes that kind of advocacy, but it needs to happen internally too. Like we need to empower young women to get back in the sport, to support the sport. Um, and we need people in a lot of different positions. So I think the conversation is amazing, but I, I'm really hopeful that people translate that into action. Um, if I could offer a quote. Mm-hmm. Please. Please, quotes are great. You have to do a catch-up? Um, it it, this is a catch-up quote, <laughs> no, but actually, okay. um, so my yoga instructor read this at the end of class yesterday, and I really like it. It's a Rumi quote. Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday, I was clever, so I wanted to change the world. Today, I am wise, so I am changing myself. And I think to speak to Julia's point, that is instead of just, you know, hashtagging everything like fix girls sports, like live the hashtag and and go out into your communities and into the world of whatever sport you're passionate about or whatever you're passionate about in life, really. And um, be proactive in a physical way instead of just online in, in words. Yeah. And you're talking about, Julie, um, and, and I do I do like that quote. Um two good quotes from you today or one was a story and that was a quote um you're talking about on all levels so you're talking about you know pro coaching in the ncaa system administration in in the ncaa i you know high school uh youth level all that right absolutely yeah and i think i mean you're you're talking about like how can you contribute right you can be a um, girls on the run leader. Mm-hmm. You can be um, someone who just volunteers and, and is a coach for your, you know, your son or daughter's like community league. Um, or you could be someone who donates back to your athletic department mm-hmm. and uh, earmarks that money towards certain programming or endowment towards uh, a certain position or whatever that is. There is so much that we can do. We need to take our experiences and not bury them in a box and hope it gets better. We need to make it better. Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing that Mary's asking for beyond just the coaching realm is like we need more women present. Um, we need them not to walk. Like we have so our, our participation in sport in this country with females is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Where are we when it comes to protecting the next generation? So many people are doing it, but I think there's a lot of room for improvement too. And I think you're talking to a good audience because if you're listening to this show, you probably are into running. Maybe you're into dogs. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. There's a lot of different topics. The nationals but, or, yeah. you know. Virginia sports or Northern Virginia running or uh, Georgetown sports, Georgetown sports. Yeah. But, but you're probably into running. So you're oh, talking the orange men. Oh orange no. Men. Those are our rivals. Uh, you're probably, I'm not, you're, I'm not into the orange. You're, <laughs> you're talking to the right group, uh, Julie and, and Joanna. So yeah, I, I would say, um, yeah, we're talking to you. If you're, li- you're listening, we're talking to you, uh, get involved. You know how powerful running is, you know, how powerful running has been to you. Uh, the listener, I, I've said this before. I think running, um, when I when I'm talking to people who run, running is our secret weapon. It really is our secret weapon that keeps us 
sane, fit, sane mostly. Uh, <laughs> but it's our secret weapon. So let's give back where you can. Whatever that means to you, give back where you can. I think that's a, that's a great point. All right. Joanna, Julie, any last words on this before we transition out and you guys become my co-hosts again rather than my, uh, rather than my guests? I, I guess the last thing I would say is um, I'm, I'm really proud of Mary Kane and I don't even know her. I mm-hmm. hope I do get to meet her someday. But um, to be a young person and, and to speak the way that she has um, to start this conversation I think like people are going to remember this in running history as a as a really pivotal moment, um, and that's a hard thing for a young person to do um, to stand up to um, Nike and the and the system that they had out there um, and about her experiences. Because look at what it has done. Look at the conversation that has started. Um, and it's continuing and it's article after article that's coming out and people sharing their experiences, men and women both. Um, so kudos to her. I, I can't imagine how difficult that was. Um, but she's done a great thing for, for women's running particularly. And, uh, Joanna. Uh, ditto to everything that Julie <laughs> said so eloquently. <laughs> awesome. All right. It's Julie Cully on Twitter. It's uh, Jotorious DC. I like that it's still Jotorious DC yeah. on uh, on Twitter. Uh-oh, uh, I can't. No, I okay. can't actually remember the last time I tweeted. You right, know, so you don't tweet. This right. is a I tweet like once every seven months. So, <laughs> well, I was actually. This is sorry to derail your, yeah, sure, your agenda, your but pr- promotion here of your brands. But go ahead, please well, do. I was actually thinking about Twitter the other day because I, I I never really tweeted religiously, but when I did tweet, I would actually tweet. Um, usually like a comment that somebody had made or a phrase from wherever I was. And then I would actually just go back and look like if I was in a bad mood, I go back and read my Twitter. And then I think of all these like happy times that I had. So I don't know why anybody would read my tweets because they're really only <laughs> relevant to me. Right. <laughs> Let's promote. All right. let, let, let me backtrack here. And it, it's, it's J E Cully 2012 on Instagram. And it is Jotorious L I B on Instagram. Yeah. So give, give them a follow, both of them a follow, uh, and you could follow their professional world. Uh, it's, uh, I believe it's new balance running on, uh, Instagram and you can find new balance and Julie, it's new balance running, yeah. it's, it's we're Hoya's track, Hoya's track on, uh, Instagram, Twitter, all those social. So if you're not following all those accounts, what are you doing with your life? Yeah, uh, don't my my account isn't actually all that active. I do have some great pictures from the Dancing with the Stars yeah, gala last yeah. weekend of of me dancing. I'll never look that good ever again. Right. Um. But our uh, Hoyas, our right. Hoyas saying, track account has uh, a lot of revolving content and yeah, is so really definitely good. Definitely so. give that give that a follow. All right, Julie, Joanna, great stuff. Uh, thanks for thanks for chiming in on this important topic. All right, we're gonna make the uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, lighter subjects uh next uh but we'll take a quick break and be back with the co-host julie and joanna right after this all right welcome back to the program thanks again to my two co-hosts who were great guests on this program we talked a lot about mary kane and uh, where we go from that article. Uh, so well done guys. And you guys are back as co-hosts. So we're going to talk about dogs and weather and sports and all that good stuff. Um, so let's talk about, uh, the transportation update since we're, we're, we're 
trying to lighten the mood here. Uh, you t- we got us- part one before, yeah, part right? One. Now we're on part two. <laughs> part two of the transportation update. Yeah, I know. I hope people really do care. But so I they, they am. Am I supposed to continue this? Like, should I be continuing yes. the transportation? Nah, you I drive like the same route every day. I could talk about how Route sixty six is. We got to figure out what your things are. We we got to figure out what your things are. Okay, I got to have some it's things. Got to be different than yeah. <laughs> my sh- what's my shtick? I don't, yeah, I don't exactly. Know. We'll, we'll we'll find it. It happens organically. But anyway, sorry. <laughs> go go ahead with your transportation. Um, so I, I bought a car when I mm-hmm. took this job with New Balance. So I have a, um, a Ford Escape and I, I don't know the condition actually of the tires when I bought the car, but, um, I noticed that one of my tires was becoming bald mm. and my alignment was most likely off and I didn't really want to buy four tires because it's really expensive. Yeah. So expensive. I meant to drive the car down to DC and take it to max my favorite tire place <laughs> because I think that they have really good service and good prices Mm -hmm. um but then i realized my car was like not gonna make it because my tire just like wouldn't hold how old is this car it's 2015 why didn't you just pull it behind the sprinter van i should that would have been incredible well because all of then you would have had a lot of wheels on the road you might have been you might have needed a certain license for that yeah Yeah, too many wheels um so i take my car to a place that somebody recommended to me which they were great and i i said like you know i just want to get two tires because i know you can't just buy one tire so like i want to get these two tires and then of course you know there's there is something off with my alignment because like this part was like eroded and they like showed me the part and i was like oh fine so like you know i'll get that thing done so this was already like way more than i wanted to spend you're driving a lot i you do drive a lot. a lot i drive wow. a lot compared yeah. to before because those are problems that happen when you drive a lot but okay exactly yeah. and so i was like this is you know this is what comes with driving a lot mm-hmm. and you're like you need to take care of the car so i Places were part. I got the two new tires. And then the next week, I go to a wedding in Poughkeepsie, which is like three and a half hours away. And I come out of the wedding and I have a flat tire. Oh. No. Not one of the new ones, though. One of the, thankfully, one of my old ones. One of the ones I didn't replace. Well, actually, that's good then because if you got the flat tire afterwards, you would have spent all this money on a new tire. Exactly. So it's also, it's raining. It's cold. I'm at a wedding. I'm wearing heels. um, And, uh, my significant other made me change the tires so that Nuh-uh. I could learn. <laughs> wow. In the rain? Uh, it wasn't pouring. Rain. It was drizzling. But uh, it was actually, it, to be fair, like a little bit I wanted to learn as well because I've never changed a tire and I don't think I, I knew how. I would call AAA so Yeah, fast. my significant yeah. <laughs> other, number one, wouldn't have made me do it, but only because he wouldn't know how to do it himself. Yes. So he'd be like, do and, you know how to do this? Okay, we're calling someone. I'm less responsible at a wedding than Joanna is. So I would have been like, all right. Uh, we, you would have been two sheets to the wind. <laughs> so like, we are not changing tires right now. We're going to bed. That's what I would Wow. Ditch the car on the highway. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure it out tomorrow. Figure it out later. Uber. Um, uh, wow. Yeah, so I ended up so getting... changed four- it. I changed the tire, I put my spare on, yeah. um, and then the next day I had to buy two new tires. So I ended up uh, in the span of a week buying four tires in this new part anyway. Wow. All right. Well, if you're new to the show, uh, you, you got to listen to the early shows because we did a number of transportation updates. Uh, I believe at one point it was almost a weekly update and she wasn't even driving that much. So <laughs> transportation issues just follow you, obviously. Um, you know, I had a question for you guys. Yeah. So um, I was thinking about the old format of the show Mm -hmm. and how it was almost like a confessional for Chris where he would like (laughs) confess things that I don't, I don't know that you knew or maybe you did know Julie. That's a good point. So how has the dynamic changed now now, that she's there now that Julie's on the show? Like, do you feel like you have another outlet somewhere else or 
How does this change your relationship? You know, the, the the good thing is that she's no offense. The good thing that she's only on the show probably you know half the time, maybe once out of every four shows, or may, maybe it's more than that. And I don't actually listen to the shows right. in between, <laughs> so it works out fine. As so long as he doesn't like forget that I'm in the room, then he's fine. Yeah. So it's all the it's 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 all the episodes that she's not on. So I now I have a reason. Yeah. Now I have the reason why I don't watch the uh, listen to the other episodes. <laughs> As opposed to you just being mad at me for not following the show more. Right. <laughs> but that is a true thing. It is a confessional. So it Julie's is. helping the relationship yes. by not I listening. Am. Yeah. Thank Correct. you, Joanna. Yeah. Yes. Uh, You've docs, solved a major docs. problem for me. <laughs> docs get so angry when people don't listen. All right. This podcast, of course, is sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with six area DC locations. Pacers Running is for every run. If you've not gotten your Marine Corps Marathon gear, uh, congrats to all your finishers. Go to runpacers.com. We still have plenty of finisher shirts, uh, jackets, all kinds of Marine Corps Marathon stuff. So uh, check that out. Uh, we also are on all platforms, including iTunes, and we are reading the latest five-star review. So if you want your five-star review read on the air, give us a five-star review and um, you know say something. Say something witty, funny, or just complimentary. We always love compliments. Uh, this one was from ASR-DC. Always a pleasure to listen to it. In between the talk about dogs, the weather, the kids, Washington and Philadelphia sports team, and Farley's total lack of geographical understanding, there's plenty of talk about running both locally and nationally. My week is not complete without Farley, Docs, and fill in the blank of third co-host p.s vote docs in 2020 um so thank you asr dash dc uh for that 2020 is coming up quickly <laughs> what is going. his plan <laughs> we, we need to have a podcast on that that's a good question i'm not sure he's he's ready for this we, well, need, a, you we know, need some more pre-show meetings it's yeah. never too late to jump into the presidential well, this is yeah. the point in time where like people are starting to slide out and yeah. there's like, you know, new people strategically See, this starting to pop in. this is where I start to in. sweat when we start really talking <laughs> politics. <laughs> this is where I don't want to go. So uh, let's stick to the agenda here. So I, I uh, we have just a couple t- uh, quick things before we uh, get out of here. Uh, Julie, you are back from Lehigh. Congratu- Fresh off the regional yeah, championships. Congratulations. Uh, fantastic job by the... Georgetown Hoyas and all the coaches. Uh, how'd it go? Um, it was a great day for the Hoyas. Um, it ended in a little bit of sadness. Um, ironically, last year at the 2018 championships, the Georgetown men were the first team in the entire NCAA not to make the meet. So they take 31 teams and they were the 32nd team. This year, the men made it. Which is awesome. Way so we to, to automatically make it, you need to um, finish top two in your region. In our region, I think on the men's side, there's like 25 teams. On the women's side, there's like 30 or 31 teams. Um, the women became the 32nd team oh. again this year. So last year it was the men. So great story. They turned it around, got an automatic bid, and we're going to um, Indiana with them next week. Um, and then the women, we were third and we became the first team out. So across the whole NCAA, we were the first team not to make it. So we had a beautiful performance mm. from our women. We have come so far over the last couple of years. I could not be more proud of them. We have two individuals who are going. We had a sixth year, um, Madeline Perez, who finished fifth overall. And we had a sophomore who finished 
10th overall. So they earned their automatic bids. Uh, only four per region are handed out. So Georgetown represents two of them, but we were so close to doing it as a team. The future is bright for the women. Um, we have our sixth year who led the charge, but the next uh, two, three, four, five spots are all sophomores. Um, awesome. And we have a couple of women who will be back in the lineup next year. An awesome freshman recruiting class that will be coming in that just signed this week. So we've got so much to look forward to. It will not happen again. I don't know <laughs> that my girls are listening, but right. if they are listening, it will not happen again. So, yeah, um, But we're pumped. The guys were awesome. And, and we're headed um, with our two women as well this week. Awesome. Um, what were conditions like? Our conditions were fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the course Good was gorgeous. Um, Is that at the Paul Short? Yeah, yeah, so it's um, at their uh, Goodman campus, I believe it's called. At Lehigh. Um, at Lehigh. It's, it's uh, on the other side of the mountain from the university. It's a huge athletic campus. Um, and so they host every other year uh, the regional championships. We had no snow, no rain. The course was in gorgeous condition. So, it was a beautiful fall day. <laughs> I, it just couldn't have been better. I, I want to talk about. Couldn't have been better. I know what you're, you're getting at. But to, just for the listeners who don't understand, you know, or, or are not familiar with uh, NCAA cross country. So this Friday, yesterday, as we record here on November 16th, Friday, November 15th was like the NCAA basketball selection Sunday where, you know, all the teams find out if they're going to the big dance or not. Uh, well, hold is, on though, because they go sixty-four, similar. don't yeah, they? Yeah, 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 yeah. We go, we 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 do half of <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, so you do right? thirty-one uh, yeah. for men. So we made it. We made it all the way. Yeah, yeah so to the thirty-second team. We got knocked out of the first round of the tournament, <laughs> right, ultimately, because yeah, exactly. yeah, we were the thirty-first well, team, right? So, so uh, all like these that. regions race. So there's about nine regions. I believe there are nine regions that race across the country. And top two teams are automatic qualifiers. So you got 18 automatic qualifiers. And if my math is right, uh, 13 others that uh, are uh, bids. At large bids. At large bids. So you were the first at large not not to make it. Uh, So uh, all these regions are are racing across the country. And um, it's the selection Sunday, selection Friday for you guys. Uh, It's a cross-country race where you run on grass and you know, through the woods and, you know, it's, it's, it's really tranquil and it's, it's away from, you know, the roads and the cars and the city. Well, up in Joanna's neck of the woods, once again, there was, I don't know, how much snow do you get there every week? Uh, well, you this, love it. She just rolled her eyes <laughs> yeah, for those who couldn't it. see. Um, we did have a snowstorm at the beginning of last week across uh, central New York okay. and over to Buffalo. That was part of that. And what were know. they calling it? The uh, What was the weather system they were calling it? Oh, I didn't know it had a name. Yeah, because it was coming from the Midwest, right? They got pummeled. I don't know. The Arctic blast or something. I don't know. It was oh, something that sounds, like that. That sounds about right. <laughs> so weather storm kill the cross-country race uh well yeah there's a couple things we need to talk about here (laughs) number one buffalo to my understanding so buffalo is the host they were the only ones that bid okay and so Mm. they they keep coming back and bidding for it because no other university has been bidding for it okay so a couple years ago they had pretty horrific conditions in the snow and then this year was something that we've never seen before and how far is Buffalo and Syracuse again for um, these Buffalo is about two and a half hours All for right. me. It's two and a half hours west. So if you're running in Buffalo, you will see signs for Canada because it's right there. Okay. So it's basically in Canada is where this this race happened. Okay. But it, the snow wasn't the problem. The ice was the problem. Yeah. Mm. So okay. it, uh, from my understanding, 
there was rain, then it froze. So the ground froze and there was a layer of ice and then there were several inches of snow on top of the ice. Yeah. Wow. So they were able to plow the course, but they couldn't Some golf get, course or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so they plowed the course, but they weren't able to get the ice off. And I was wow. kind of like, well... I mean, this is me being like, let's do it at all costs. <laughs> like, throw some salt down right. on it. Like, you can't throw salt on a cro- right. on a golf course. Um, so, so they moved the course. So Buffalo, so Buffalo is hosting just like Lehigh hosted, and they had to move the course. So they moved it to a road race. Wow. Um, I did have uh, a field reporter in Buffalo. You did, yeah. Um, and nice I work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. PT and exclusive here. <laughs> Play the music, docs. Go ahead. So I actually knew that before um, the Let's Run message really? boards did. But um, I actually also heard that all of the coaches were totally fine with this decision to change hmm. it to a road race, that after they saw the condition of the course, they were okay with that. I don't know wow. if you heard anything in your network. I, I think it's interesting because most of the coaches found out via social media. Oh, did they? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there was a lot of complaining because it was like announced, USTFCCCA announced it on social media and the coaches were like, what? Oh my God. So uh, well, this is- so the 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 hurdle was that all of these kids are traveling to Buffalo and they're planning on running a cross country race, so they have their cross country spikes, but you can't wear spikes in a road race. Right. So then they had to acquire um, racing shoes. So some or of, run in their trainers or run in their trainers. Yeah. Um, and some of my accounts are actually on the road from some of these more eastern schools over to Buffalo, so they got raided on the way over. You should have taken your big van gone directly to some warehouse and driven all the racing flats from New Balance to the meet, you could have sold... Now you're going to get me in trouble. <laughs> you could have sold hundreds. I could have sold so yeah, many. I mean, there's there's a factory, a New Balance factory somewhere outside yeah. of Boston, right? Mm-hmm. Could have raided uh, and it. Who knows where the 1500s made? I would have loved to run the 1500s. The Nike schools could have just like crossed out the New Balance yeah. and wrote a swoosh and uh, yep. taped it, but, something like that. So, so for the listeners, again, this is a a lot of our listeners are road ra- runners um, who understand road racing. A lot of our, a lot of the the athletes that you have, Julie, or these athletes who are running in the NCAA, have never run a road race in their life. So they're running in spikes, you know. So you can't run. Imagine running on, you know, uh, spikes on a road. It's not going to work. So that's not not normal. And they just don't run road races. Well, it's interesting too because it it really is um, what the coaches prefer. So I know. Us at Georgetown, we have three different types of shoes on the women's team that we train in. Mm-hmm. We train in trainers, um, we train in a, a lighter weight trainer, and then we have a pair of flats aside from our spikes. Mm-hmm. And so in our case, we would have been fine if that was us because we could have told our kids to wear their their, their flats or their um, their lightweight trainer. Um, there are a lot of teams that were heading up there that have coaches that they either are in spikes or they're in, in trainers. And so they don't have the access. They didn't have access to it. So it was like a last minute, 24 hour panic of trying to get their kids into the proper attire. And so the interesting thing uh, to me, uh, many interesting things about this was that um, the Harvard kids, both the men and women won. Does that say something about them being smarter than the rest of the <laughs> well more it's prepared, i don't being, know if it's true but it was rumored that they somehow all got a hold of four percent Ooh, okay so i don't i don't i haven't actually seen pictures but i've i've heard a couple rumors that they were their team was totally mm. outfitted and and good to go wow yeah I, the nike four percent vapor right. fly for those that who are like don't understand yeah that are that are have been very controversial and 
some people call illegal. I'm not sure I want to go down that road of yeah, saying I'm going to stay out of this. <laughs> if, yeah. if Harvard's smarter than Georgetown. No, or, the NCAA <laughs> has not commented on the yeah, 4%. So. Yeah, or, or the 4% discussion. But anyways, very interesting. Uh, it was just really, it was just the visual of these kids running on the road was really interesting. Well, yeah. and if you can imagine a cross country start on the road, it's just chaos. Yeah, and again, for those who don't do cross country, yeah, it's how long of a shoot do you have for cross country, Julie? Is it like 50 yards or something like that? For the finish? For the start. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, apparently they had to put the start in a parking lot. That was the only yeah, way they could so do it. Could. So they start in a parking lot and then they veed out onto the road. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. Amazing that they were actually able to come up with a certified course that yeah, quickly, too. Impressive. Very impressive. Because they had to build a 10K. The yeah. men moved from the 8K to the 10K between their conference and their regional and national championships. I mean, I thought the only person in the country who could do it would be Lisa Reeves. But apparently someone up in Buffalo also was uh, enjoying us showing me a little video of how <laughs> wide that start was. Uh, send me that so we can tweet that out at Pace the Nation. That is crazy. Or a picture or is it a video or a picture from it's her. A, it's a video, yeah. From her, from her insider. Uh, so Well, and also I just want to make the point, too, that um, – in a situation like that, it totally changes the outcome. So some of the yeah. individual, some of the teams who were expected to make the NCAA championships coming out of the Northeast region didn't make it, um, and some of them that uh, were nowhere near selected to potentially make it made it. So um, what I find interesting, and a lot of coaches find interesting, on the women's side, um, Harvard won the meet, and Cornell was second. Harvard was second at the Ivy League championships behind uh, Columbia, who was a nationally ranked team. Hmm. Um, but Cornell finished sixth out of eight teams at the Ivy League championship. And so they went from sixth the two, two weeks two, earlier to making an NCAA automatic berth. Wow. Um, so I I don't know what you draw from that. Maybe right. the coaches did an amazing job of just keeping the kids um, emotionally right. stable and really got them fired up. Um, I, I heard some people say that there was uh, some triathletes who would ha- like that were out there that had done like an amazing. That yeah, was part of their wow. kind of upbringing was triathlon, so they were very much used to road racing. But I did hear, unfortunately, that there were a couple athletes that. Um, hit some pretty icy spots and um, got pretty hurt too. It's so crazy. it just totally changed the dynamic. It was pretty nuts up there from what we can understand. All right. Well, I'm glad we had an insider. Um, glad uh, we had the discussion and um, I'm, I'm glad the men are headed, the Hoyas, the men Hoyas are, are headed to NCAAs and uh, a couple of the women from Georgetown are as well. So congrats to you and the, the team and the coaching staff. All right, uh, we'll, we'll end the, the show with, with uh, a quick update um, from Joanna on her running. Um, I always ask our guests um, and hosts, when we haven't seen them in a while, to update us on their running and, and you know, couple that with a uh, weather update. We've talked a lot about uh, Buffalo, and you're right next to Buffalo. Uh, you must be loving life now that it's November. Um, yeah, we'll start with the weather. The weather has been, well, so October was actually quite warm and in October I I would be like running in shorts. Um, and then it got cold very, very quickly and then we got snow and now it's full blown winter in Syracuse. Although people keep Mm -hmm. saying we're in deep fall. It's winter. (laughs) Oh man. And there's snow on the ground in deep fall. Uh, there's snow on the ground in deep fall. All right. All right. So how is it running in that snow? Um, well, I haven't actually gotten a chance to run in it yet. Oh, 
Yeah. So October was like a really great month. I've been slowly, very slowly building up my mileage. And in October, I was like having some really great runs. And Tripp was really excited because he thought like maybe he'd start coaching me again. And I, after all the controversy, after all the controversy, we were willing to put it aside and (laughs) and just like, you know, make some really great results happen. Um, And then I uh, wasn't not to interrupt you, but didn't Tripp say when we interviewed him that Joanna had outgrown him? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, You can't revert back. He was disparaging both Heather and Joanna. (laughs) If I could could just set the record completely straight on that. um, So I had surgery. So I stopped running. Right. So it's not like a lack of motivation. It was you had surgery. I had right? surgery. It was a natural end. Yeah. It was a natural end. Yeah. So I had surgery and then I stopped running and then I got this new job and I moved. And in all the chaos of starting a new job, living in a new place, being on the road all the time, not really recovering very well from surgery, I just like didn't run very much. So like okay. I had to, I said to Trip, dude, it's not fair for you to spend any time thinking about my running because I'm not. So that was the end. I do have a question about your running though, because you are such an early morning runner. How do you, do you, where do you live? Do you live in the city? Like, do you have, cause I grew up in a, in the country where like you only had the, the sunlight to work <laughs> with. You didn't have artificial light. Right. There were no street lights. Like Chris would come up to visit yeah. and he'd be like, I'm going to go for a run. I'm like, you can't, where? Yeah. <laughs> there's nowhere yeah. to go. It's six o'clock at night and it's, yeah, it's, it's pitch, pitch dark. No way. So I live, um, Sy- like proper downtown Syracuse is actually very small. Um, and I live in Syracuse, but not like right downtown where the tall buildings are. Um, I live in a, in a nice little neighborhood called Franklin square. There's some waterfront near me and there's a little running trail that's like three miles long. Um, but to be perfectly fair, I don't wake up early anymore. Mm. Um, it's actually like a really sad twist in my personality that now I'm a late riser. Wow. Yeah. Breaking news here. Whoa. Mm. Yeah. I don't, I sometimes don't get up until eight o'clock. Upstate well, has changed you. Uh, it has. It's, it's the job that is definitely more, it's, it's more later, uh, events or nights or right or no. Yeah. There's definitely events at, in the evening. And then if I'm driving back from somewhere, I sometimes yeah. don't get home until very late and driving, even though you're just sitting is very exhausting. It is. It is, man. Um, but if I if I were to get up, you're absolutely right. There is no light. There's no street lights. So it would be, I do have a headlamp, but it would be very dark. You have to live like a farmer. You know, <laughs> you got to move with what, with what light we have. I would not be good at that. That oh, farming? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, just living without street lights. I'm more of a city type, type of guy. Really? A long shorts and city type guy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, tell me. us tell yeah. us more about what type of guy you are. All right, we will on uh, future episodes, or just listen back. I like to promote the previous shows where you learned that I was a long shorts guy. And uh, on a on a s- sort yeah. of sentimental note yeah. on that, so the last podcast when you read the five star review and that uh, Ko said their favorite episodes, mm-hmm. I could I could only remember one of them. So I looked <laughs> up because Doc's very too fast. And I didn't write it down. Yeah. So I went back and I listened to that one episode, uh, and I was on it. So I was thankful <laughs> that it was one yes. that I was on um but going back and listening to the old podcasts is um it's a terrible comparison but it's almost like the office you know like pam and jim could go back and like mm-hmm. see themselves like i could see myself grow up on the podcast and it's really oh nice yeah. yeah yeah we were all really you guys have I, matured so <laughs> much you know what now that you mentioned that don't listen to episode one please don't listen to that 
Started episode fifty or sixty. You or could just like remove it from the lineup if you dislike it that much. Well, I think for the hardcore fans, though, they should hear it. Yeah. Like if somebody wants to go back and listen to that, I think they should. Yeah. You love the sports junkies, and yeah, you have gone back and listened listen to, to some of their the, stuff yeah. from like yeah. what was it HFS and they were not so good. long ago. Yeah, that's true. And the evolution. Yeah, that's that is true. All right, go back and listen to episode one. We were in a conference room <laughs> right across the way. And it was I think the first time I'd ever met Docs. <laughs> I think we had like one discussion that was compelling at all. What was like it? Five minutes about the Boston Marathon oh, or something like that. That makes sense. All right, maybe it wasn't that compelling. <laughs> all right, great show, guys. Can I say guys? Is that okay? I don't know if that's an Oh my God, I'm offended. <laughs> You're offended, offended, offended. No, that's fine. Great show team. Team. Uh, yes. Uh, Go jo- team. Joanna, uh, great to have you back. When are we going to see you next? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Whenever her travels, uh, whenever her travels, uh, make it back through here, here through DC, we'll have her back on. Um, or, I don't know, maybe we'll get stale or not have a third co-host and we'll fly back in. Next time a sprinter van needs to come to town. We'll book her. Alright, that's Julie Cully for Joanna Russo and William E. Dox who's not here. I'm Chris Farley. This is Space Nation. We'll see you next week. stuff say something witty or good for the uh uh easter egg oh man on the spot yeah anything what is the tallest building in dc it's the washington monument it's gotta be the library has the most stories (laughs) that's a good one (laughs) coming from the former librarian She's been saving that one for a decade. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's like uh, Olympian. Are you ever a former Olympian? No, I don't know. But we did have to argue this at <laughs> the uh, the gala last yes. week. But are you ever a former librarian? You're once a like, librarian, always a librarian. That's what they say. <laughs> it's like an Olympian. What's well, like uh, once a co-host, always a co-host. Yeah, it seems that true. way. <laughs> yeah, Sorry you're like you. I thought I got away. <laughs> they keep bringing me back. Uh, too bad. <laughs>